0: Well, it is. It is happening. They are here. There you go. Seven talking points. I'm going to have to. We had a short, short break about yes, so mental health. Exactly. I'm going to keep you honest this week, though. Okay. Two minutes. See the clock. Two from two here. minutes a pop. Right. Here we go. First of all, more breaks. Should there be more breaks? Incorporated into the fixture list for jockeys under both codes. Discuss. Um, well, first of all, I, 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 I must admit, I didn't study very closely the change in the fixture list, but I,
1: it struck struck me that you know, COVID is obviously a terrible thing. But some of the things that happened in racing uh, because of COVID, people quite liked. I think people quite liked the jockeys sort of... Some of the jockeys at the start said, well, this going to one meeting thing is not going to be good for certain jockeys. It's going to be better for other jockeys. I think generally it was better for more jockeys. Uh, You know, overall, that was a better thing. Uh, The the lack of saunas, meaning that they had three pounds in hand, that's got to be good for jockeys' mental health. You know, we live in a world where... Jockeys taking their own life is not a surprising story. That happens, you know, every few months in racing, that happens, and it's terrible when it happens, but we never seem that surprised at it. Uh, jockeys taking cocaine never seems to be that much of a surprising thing. Um, it's obviously a tough job, the driving is always the thing they talk about. Uh, And, you know, the relentless, just constant waking up early, riding out at several stables in a week, driving to racecourses, it must be a hell on earth. Um, Of course they should have more breaks. Uh, You know, I spoke already earlier about, I I don't really understand why the seasons just run into each other all the time and there's no gap. yeah I, I it's just it just got to be a good thing i don't I, I don't really understand the argument against it apart from the fact that race courses in this country have got too much power In the whole, you know, kind of way that all the various institutions in racing. It's a complex ecosystem, isn't it? It's a complex ecosystem, but it's an ecosystem where race courses are always the strongest part of all of the the myriad of organisations that run racing.
0: That's because of their extensive ownership of such a significant portion of the fixture list. Yeah, indeed. Let's go back to 2001 again. Right, um, amateurs are not going to be at the Cheltenham Festival. This has had lots of coverage this week, uh, Neil. Should there have been an exemption or should the BHA have petitioned the DCMS harder to enable Category B amateurs to ride at the Cheltenham Festival as part of an elite sport? Probably no, because at the end of
1: the day, I mean, you know, like it or not, and obviously, you know, people within racing will say a load of nonsense because the Liverpool game was going on and, you know, people were going to pubs and whatever, but Cheltenham last year was definitely... a you know in retrospect with hindsight it was a PR disaster for for racing uh i think it's a bad look for racing to be going to the government and saying we're different to you know all other sports i just think that would have been a bad look um i totally get that um uh point to point racing is a huge thing in terms of uh a, being a breeding ground uh and feeding the pyramid i get all that Um, it's also a little bit of an anachronism, isn't it? Because, you know, we have this thing in American sports where college football uh, is an amateur sport and everybody's making gazillions in it, you know. And I I keep hearing people saying, well, you know, I need to stay in point-to-point racing because... Mm -hmm it's my livelihood, and I'm just like, well, hang on a minute, I thought it was an amateur sport, you know, how can it be your livelihood if it's an amateur sport? Uh, I, there's a lot of things that don't really make sense about it, but uh, no, I think at the end of the day, it just would have been a bad look
0: to go to government and say you know, racing has to be treated differently, because we're special. It, the, the point that Sam Wally cohen made was a good one, he was accepting it, but he said mm. we've been undone by semantics here, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, yeah, and, yeah, and that, that, that is the case, true. but as 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 was pointed out to me, a lot of regulation is about semantics.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you, you know, with regulation, you just have to have clarity, don't you? And uh, I think yeah, it's quite hard to have little
0: grey areas everywhere. Um, Sheen Murphy is back. He hasn't quit, as you might think from from that. He th- he said he felt like quitting the sport. Yeah, um, it was in The Sun, wasn't it? So I didn't read it. I didn't click on it. But, uh,
1: um yeah, I mean, they just made a story out of nothing, didn't they?
0: I mean, he, you know, at the end of the day, he had three but months isn't, off. Is, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. He had in defence of the Sun's an go excellent go on, go on. racing desk, who have broken about three or four mm. really good stories this week. I, I've I, missed those, I'm sorry. I, I, would, I would say that um, they, were, they were quoting an interview that he had given to SportingLife.com's Charlie mm. Webster as part of a series yeah, that yeah. she was doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did see that. Um Yeah, I mean, he had three months off at the time of year where three months off cost the absolute minimum amount of money. Uh, You know, would that make you quit? Like, you've worked your whole life to get to a a stage in in an elite sport where you're one of the top participants. And jockeys are calling out for more breaks. He's got three months off at a time of the year where it costs almost nothing. I mean, obviously it costs quite a bit of money, but it, it... you know, he's, relatively to if he got three
0: months off in in May, June, and July, it's nothing. He's, he's not going to quit he's the sport. He's not come out was of a this. Of he's not come out of this too badly as it as it as it's transpired. has no, it? I mean, three three months yeah. was a fair enough. Yeah, in I the
1: I he. You know, I'm sure he'll be raring to go. I'm sure he's been in the gym every day, watching lots of racing. I'm sure he's probably had a holiday. Or, I don't know. The COVID makes
0: it difficult, doesn't it? But I, uh, you know, he's. It's probably not the end of the world, really. And there is a possibility that he'd end up in Dubai after a few rides here. Though I'm not entirely sure where the land lies as regards what you have to do when you come back from Dubai. Because at the moment, the UAE yeah, is it, on the red list yeah, and you have to hotel yeah. quarantine. Yeah, and there's not going to be any great. elite sports person exemption to that. Yeah, that doesn't sound great, does it? But so I mean, you know, you, uh, you know, if you think about
1: Asheen Murphy's, you know, if you think about Asheen's uh, three months and you compare it with Angus Villiers' three months,
0: yeah, it's a doddle, isn't it? Well... Um, best of luck to, to them both. Um, oh, yeah. I, no, I don't mean that to be, no, no, no. To be bad. No, I know, about, I, know, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I, know. I, I, I want to talk about Chris Cook, who has been an occasional guest on this program. is a hugely respected journalist. He completed his final day on The Guardian this week as The Guardian has, has streamlined its its mm-hmm. racing desk. I mean, where to start? I, I mean, I, I'm presuming that Chris is not going to be lost to, to horse racing because he's yeah, simply I mean, too good an operator to be lost. But the quite- first thing—the first thing to say is that unanimously across the industry, everybody said, "Oh my God, Chris
1: Cook—he's easily the best journalist." What the hell are the Guardian doing? So I think we can we can tick that off. Chris Cook is brilliant. He's he's broken lots of stories. I think racing needs—you know—a lot of people. People crab the the Racing Post, don't they? They're, they're, this happens all the time. People say, "Well, you know, they can't talk about Shake Mo because of you know whatever. Uh, they they can't moan about bookmakers because you know they have a relationship with bookmakers. That kind of thing. So they're always talking about the sort of editorial freedom of the Racing Post being being you know impinged on because of its relationships in the industry. Uh, The Guardian, obviously, you know, I think they did have a Guardian bookmaker at one stage or they had some kind of relationship. But generally speaking, Chris was free to take on the industry and not to have to hold back in any way. And I think a lot of people have come out praising Chris, but also kind of slightly slagging off every other journalist and sort of saying, well, he's the only one. Uh, which is kind of a bit unfortunate, really, on the rest of the industry. And I don't think it's true.
0: But, does uh, it, but I do think he's a really good journalist. But does this actually say more about The Guardian and about print journalism? Because well, the Gu- yeah, I mean, the, there's, been, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, no, this, this, is, this is emblematic of, of yeah, racing falling standing yeah, that, within print I, media. I, uh, I don't agree
1: with that at all. I think that argument, I've seen that, and that's a load of rubbish. The Guardian lost 18,000 off its circulation January on January. Uh, I think they sell about 200,000 print copies, or they they sell 200,000 print copies. A lot of these newspapers give away quite a few, don't they? I don't think The Guardian do that with the the, you know, when you get on flights. Not that people get on flights anymore. But um, you know, a lot, a lot of the numbers on newspaper turn, uh, newspaper uh, numbers are nonsense. But The Guardian you know, they're, they're supposed to be skint all the time and you have to send them money um, they're always begging. But then they in America they've got a billion from Bill Gates. I don't really understand how The Guardian works. But no, I don't think it's the death of horse racing in the papers, I think it's more just the changing nature of the newspaper industry with the internet.
0: Talk to me about off-track SPs, please, Neil. Oh,
1: God, what a boring story that is. Um, Yeah, people bang on about that all the time. I bet you Um, you can (laughs) fill two minutes with it, though boring it might be. I mean, look, at the end of the day, uh, not many bets are settled these days at SP. Way less than there used to be. You know, multiple bets and whatever. Uh, It is important, though, because uh, so, in the past, we obviously the SP was uh, formulated by the press Association would have a guy on the race course uh, there'd be a selection of bookmakers that were in the sample, and he would look at the average prices on the boards of the on course bookmakers who were in the sample and make a return and that would be sent back and then um, that caused uh, the major bookmakers to have representatives on the course uh, and if, for example, you know a Frankie de Tory Ask at seven situation cropped up. Uh, they would send money to the racecourse, uh, and um, you know that that would uh, depress the prices to uh, you know get the SP that they wanted. Uh, but that was all part of a free market. Mm. Uh, presumably, if they did that, the other horses would drift because the on-course bookmakers would want to try and level up their book. Uh, there was criticism from time to time. The Grand National was a common one. Uh, that the uh, the, the, book, the the big bookmakers would send money really late after most of the betting had been completed and people had taken their place in the stands and the other horses didn't drift back so now the overround for the race might go up to yeah. 160. So everything uh, shortened. Yeah, everything yeah. shortened and that happened every year in the Grand National and some on-course bookmakers said, well, it's not really our fault, is it? You know, we're we're getting out once a year bonanza and taking money. We don't really have a responsibility to the off-course industry. Covid's come in. Now, SPs are being returned in a, in a, by an independent body that looks at the uh, you know, the, the, the way the off-course industry is running. Uh, what it's actually happened is that uh, at the thin end of the market, the favourites have been a little bit shorter. Uh, the outsiders have been a lot closer to Betfair. We have that kind of uh, favourite long-shot bias thing. I've run out of two minutes. Um, I couldn't you finish. said it
0: was boring. It is a bit boring. But you're but making it, there's, there's, it so exciting. Well, I'm
1: not making it exciting, but it is slightly kind of numbersy and complicated. Mm-hmm. So we have that favourite long-shot buyers thing where the outsiders uh, are, are too short generally on course compared with Betfair. <laughs> uh, and so the, the the way it's done at the moment is better if you like to back outsiders, but it's worse if you like to back favourites. I don't know. There's a bit of bog in it as well. Bog best odds guarantee comes into it that that's why it's important.
0: It'll just, I, don't, you know, whatever. Sorry, can we move on? My mum will have enjoyed that bit. Oh god, um, she's a massive fan of yours. Oh. They all are in that village. Really? Yeah. That's lovely. That's so I sweet. Know. I can't, I can't get it myself. Oh, Mrs. Like... Um Dr <laughs> drones.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I used to play poker with a fella called Mick McCool, and he's like the
0: king of the drones is now. he? Yeah. He's, I, is he the scourge <coughs> of the racecourses? He is the scourge of the racecourses, but <coughs> sure. Can you just, uh, just explain for <coughs> anyone who doesn't understand what we're talking about? Okay, so he, to he,
1: he, he uh, discovered betting in running. I think there was a whole bunch of them that used to go to these betting cafes where they got faster pictures. Uh, and then those things kind of went to the wall... So then they started renting out boxes at race courses so Mm -hmm. that they could sit there live and bet in running. So they'd get Uh, a bigger. Yeah, and now with COVID, they can't go to those boxes so they um, they now get somebody who's like a professional drone flyer, a super duper drone guy. They either buy a drone for twenty grand, or they rent it
0: by the day. I think for two grand, and then like ten so the of drone them flies, beams the pictures back to them, and they've got a picture advantage. They got a like picture advantage, people, so they can bet in running exactly. with impunity. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I think if you watch um, racing TV on your on your uh, tablet or or you know using uh, racing TV extra. I think you're um, 0.4 seconds behind live uh, and if you do it from a drone you're Mm -hmm. 0.3 seconds behind live so actually that doesn't really make much difference in a jumps race, You're, you're probably not too much of a disadvantage
0: uh, watching it at home. If you watch... Well, um, oh, head office are going to be pleased with you for is that. Is that bad? That's tremendous plug uh, you? uh, you've just given the is that racing a TV I, I mean, I, do, I think that's pretty good. You know, that's so not They try and bad. get all the presenters on yeah. here to do it every day. But if you, watch it, if
1: you watch it on HD, you're slightly behind that, but not much. If you watch, I have to say, if you watch the other side, if you're watching Sky Sports, you're, you're really screwed in terms of, like, betting and running, because there's some way behind. Oh, God. Um, and... To be honest, these, you know, why can't they just be as good as, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying this from a plug-up racing TV, but why can't they just be as quick as racing TV, and that would get rid of a lot of the drones. Uh, personally, I think, I think in terms of the drones, uh, the, the, the airspace above the racecourse is not the property of the racecourse, and as long as the drones are not um, coming too low and... Scaring uh, the horses. Hang on, it's, it's totally illegal because it's
0: contravention of uh, picture rights, isn't it? Uh,
1: well, I think that's a bit of a that's a, that's
0: a bit of a great well, area, it isn't it? Have, Who knows where it'll end up? Right, I'm yeah. quite pleased the bell's gone. Okay. Um, now. Point
1: seven. Point what does seven. That
0: mean? Well, point seven is a new feature that we've added to this oh. week's talking points to celebrate our our new studio. Glad which you is, told me. Which is two minutes on anything you oh, like. No. New feature. Point seven. Oh, point God. seven. There it is. Then point um, seven. Oh,
1: the Grand National. There you go. You've written on your piece of. Paper. But Grand National not delayed. Well, that's I was only a suggestion. No, okay, that's all right though, because I, I actually, th- you didn't send me the talking point. Not you. It's Bruce basically, wasn't it? But you didn't send me the talking points again in advance. So, um, I thought we. Were that's our point. point there yeah. you are. No, but I like to think a little bit about them. I started thinking about Black Courton. That's that's quite nice. Um, and it, yeah, no, the Grand National not delayed. Um. I, I think last week, um, Dave was on last week, Dave Yates, and he said it was a no-brainer that they should delay it to the Monday um, because you'd get the turnover from the betting shops, uh, which kind of, I was watching it and I thought, yeah, but that, that does seem a bit of a no-brainer. But actually it turns out that the um, the extra turnover you get from, if if you know, putting aside all the other problems of doing that, uh, the extra turnover that you get, um from sticking it on in the betting shop and getting people to bet in the betting shop um isn't that great because actually people have already embraced the switch over to online uh and so the 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 incremental bonus you get you can't just look at last year's shop turnover and say well we can add that to what we would get because actually lots of people have switched to online in the last 12 months that Mm. would would have bet in the shop last year um, the other thing is, of course, that the, the, the you mentioned media rights on the previous one. Um, the, the TV rights are sold all around the world and those deals have been done, mm. you know, in a, it's like 30 countries take the grand national. So you'd have to renegotiate deals. Although a lot of those TV companies won't, wouldn't really have wanted to pay the money to have it on a Monday afternoon that they would have paid to have it on a Saturday afternoon, presumably, the. Cost of advertising on a Monday afternoon in Botswana or wherever it goes uh, is different uh, to, to what it would be on a Saturday afternoon. So I, I think it turned out, when you look a bit deeper into it, to not be you know, such, a, such a great earner for racing.
0: And a breathe, a big sigh of relief as that brings this week's Talking <laughs> Points to an end. Luck on Sunday,
1: proudly sponsored by Al BastieQel Dubai.